thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. Wow, it's an absolute honor to be here today. I'm so excited and I could do a I should do a quiet woohoo, but what I really feel like doing is a woohoo. I'm here. It's been a long time coming. And I'm so excited to just be standing here in the pulpit ministering the word of the Lord. I love this word. I love this word. It is words of life. God is so true. He is so faithful. He is so good to us. And it is absolutely just my honor to be standing here today. And I thank you all because you're all honoring God by being here today. Just the the time that you have come, those online, and I've got... I've actually got my Amen squad back there, and I've got, yep, and I've got an Amen squad online watching, and I want to say hi to them too. And um, um, you guys have honored God, God by being here today, being here today, taking your time. It's like, God, I, I want you. I want you. Where are you? I want to be with you wherever, wherever you're at. And I just want to, you know, send a, 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 just make you aware of that, that what you do when you come here. Anytime that you give your mind over to the Lord to just think about him, meditate, prayer, whatever, you're honoring him. And God loves it. He loves it. So anyway, today, what I'd like to talk about, it's going, it's, I think it's going to be more of a, a preaching combo, teaching combo. So you can call it a treaching, which I think is an old Pentecostal term from way back. <laughs> so anyway, it's a com- combination, but it's uh, a subject that I truly love to talk about, and um, I'm taking this as actually a teaching from um, um, a minister called Derek Prince, who uh, has been around for a long time. He's, he has since passed away. He's got a lot of stuff online. He's written a lot of books, and uh, he just has such a great way of um, presenting the Word of God. So in some ways, I'm actually going to be just reading what he says, because he says it so well. So anyway, when I was reading this, I was getting chapter after chapter reading about this book. And this book is from Secrets of a Prayer Warrior. This is the name of the book. Going through all the chapters, he said so many good things. And then I got to this one chapter, and I read the title of the chapter. And I started to just sit there and just giggle to myself. I could not stop giggling over the title of this chapter because it is just so true. So I'm hoping that you will, and I'm still giggling, even t- where every time I say it, I just want to do a little hoo-hoo to myself, you know, that God is just, you know, just such a, uh, a real shout out to God for, for his, uh, what he's done for us. And so anyway, the name of the chapter is called God's Atomic Bomb, the Blood of Jesus. So that's it. So when you really think about it, it's like, yeah, you just stepped on the earth and you just dropped a bomb right on Satan. You know, the enemy out of nowhere dropped an atomic bomb upon upon our enemy. And when you really think about that, to me, when you put it that way, it's like, yeah, the power of the blood, the power of your body bought us, bought our freedom. That you put, you know, you God, you put your foot down. You said, this is it. No more of this. This is it. I this is the final. And my my children are going to be free in me. Yes. Thank you. So anyway, I want to start out with just two scriptures. I'm just going to read them. I got Revelation 12:11, and just kind of set this up a little bit. Revelation 12:11. This is one of my favorites. And they overcame him, which was Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. 
Amen. And I got Leviticus 17.11, which is the life of the flesh is in the blood. Okay. So I want to also say this too. Um, uh, God's atomic bomb, okay, it relates to our deliverance and freedom from the bondage of sin. And God is the very definition of what it means to be free, body, soul, and spirit. I mean, it just he's like the bottom line. You can, you can get out there. You can read all kinds of different things what, of what freedom means to different people. But real, true freedom is only in him, in its body, soul, and spirit. And it's what he's all about every single day, freeing you up, freeing you up from things, from, from hurts, from wounds, you know, um, uh, issues in your life as you walk this road of life, things that you encounter. That's what God is all about is freedom. So I think in the body of Jesus also has great significance, but I think that that is just an absolute entire teaching all on its own. You could just spend more time talking about that. So today we're only going to talk about the blood. Okay, so two more scriptures. So what does the blood of Jesus allow us to do? And you have Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. And I'm actually going to read that. And that's going to be, this is the Passion Translation, which I absolutely love. I love the way they word things. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity, for as a man, he mag- our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way just as we are and, are con- and conquered sin. So now we draw freely, near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and to discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. So to paraphrase that, it really says it allows us, the blood of Jesus allows us to approach the throne of grace with confidence. And that's how God wants us. He wants us as his children to approach his throne of grace with confidence. Okay. And also have Hebrews ten twenty one, And since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. The biggest uh, story of the biggest um, example or illustration, you could say, of, of the blood, of the earliest use of the blood, was the whole of Israel's deliverance out of Egypt centered in the Passover lamb. And this is where I'm reading from the book, okay? On the tenth day of the first month, every household had to choose a lamb. And on the fourteenth day at evening, they had to slay those lambs. Ultimately, protection would come only through the blood of a lamb applied on the outside of the door of every Israelite's home in Egypt. God said, that when he saw the blood on the doorway, he would pass over that house. The destroyer would not be allowed to come in. And how they did this, it was very um, detailed instructions as to how the Lord wanted this done. So when the, the lamb was slain, the blood was carefully captured in a basin. Now the problem, or, or, or the way to do this, was to get the blood of the lamb to the doorway. The blood in the basin protected no one. But if if Israel had caught the blood in the basin and kept it there, 
Not one Israelite home would have been protected. They had to transfer the blood from the basin to the doorposts. Okay? So God gave them one and only one authorized means to do that. He said to take a bunch of of hyssop, which was an herb that you found um, very profusely and commonly in the Middle East. And there are are actually many different references in the Old Testament of it being used ceremonially, um, I think, believe in conjunction with the blood as uh, purifying. Okay? And so what is the whole point of being purified in the Lord and being free of sin? I'm just going to throw in here. The whole idea is that when God looks at you, he sees as if you've never sinned. He sees, and he, when, also when he looks at you, he sees the end product of what, he's, what, you're, what he has accomplished in you. He sees when he's done what you're going to look like every time God looks at you. And that's even now. He's looking at you, seeing the finished product, the, glory, you know, the beauty of who you are, the things that you have accomplished, the trials that you've gone through, through and you've come through because of him and how it's molded you, the things that he's taken and he's molded you you know, into a more of his heart, closer to his heart. And um, I think that that's what um, the whole idea even behind the blood was to do, was to, you know, to purify you and throw that in. So with the hyssop dripping with the blood, they had, uh, the, the word says to smite the lentil and the two doorposts of their homes. So it was the top and the two sides where the blood was applied. The blood was not applied on the, um, the lower half of the door. And, and I think that bears some significance. We're, we're not stepping over the blood. The blood is too precious. The blood is too precious. It covers us. It covers us. Okay? It starts at our top, and it goes all the way down and covers us. Okay? So it is a precious thing, the blood of Jesus. And so the hyssop, though it was a humble thing, was an essential part of the total plan of deliverance. Okay? So this Old Testament story is an, applic- is, is an application of blood. It, it's actually an analogy of our salvation in Christ. Paul wrote that Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And that's 1 Corinthians 5-7. He has been killed. His blood has been shed. And in terms of the analogy, the blood is now in the basin. But the, base, the, but the blood in the basin does nothing for us. We have to get the blood transferred out of the basin into our life or into that situation or into that area that you're struggling in or into that, um, um, the issues of life. So how do you do that? Well, we don't have hyssop and we don't have real blood, which God is, you know, his, the blood of Jesus has actually done away with that. Okay. So how do you do that? It's by the word of your testimony that you're transferring the blood out of the, out of the basin to the door of your life, and that's to any area that's in your life. Okay. So when you train, when you, and who are you testifying to? You're testifying to your enemy, to our enemy, Satan, our enemy. You're testifying in your faith. When I stand in, in the Lord, this is what the, the word says about me. Okay. This is what the word says about me. And, um, and I am under this covering of the sacrifice of Jesus, and my life is under this covering. And even though I may not see every answer or have the solution to my problem at the moment, it's still under 
It's still under his blood. And when the Lord looks at me, he looks at me as the finished product. When he's done with me, what I look like, this is how the Lord sees you. And I love this about the Lord. There's nothing that's broken that he cannot fix. And that's who God really is. He's all about restoration. He's all about bringing, bringing you closer to him. There's no distance he, you know, that, uh, that he, he won't cover, that he won't cover to bring you closer to him. There's no issue that he won't deal with. There is, um, uh, that, that's who God is. He fixes what's broken, makes it even better. Thank you, Lord, for that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. I just love, and I have to remind myself of that like a lot of times. Okay, God, you're fixing me. Okay, this is good news. <laughs> anyway, so in, in this, in this um, chapter, um, and actually when you, when you do this little testimony, you're actually giving yourself some legal rights. The legal rights of the blood of Jesus over your situation. It's over your body, your home, your life, whatever the prayer need may be. Okay, because you are making up your mind to choose the Lord and to choose his words and, and put, putting your belief in him first. First. And then whatever direction he may lead you, you know, to deal with your issue and your whatever problems and those sorts of things. But first you're saying, I'm going with you, Lord, first. My faith is going to be in you first. Okay, this is where I'm putting my mind. So the word of our testimony, by using the atomic bomb of Jesus. And actually, before we move on to that, I just want to set this up too. This is a beautiful scripture and psalm that is a reminder of how powerful the word is. The body of Jesus, we got the blood of Jesus, but the word is powerful too. The word addresses, this is why I believe the word of God is just real. It's true. It's real. It has survived down through the generations. And if you go through and you read the stories, even in the Old Testament, New Testament, it talks about the walk and the road of man. And it's very, it's very common to what everyone, mankind deals with now. There's nothing that's changed. There's nothing that's changed. Back in the 1800s, they worried. They had anxiety. Back in the 1700s, they had cares. They had you know, issues that were important to them. It's the road of man is not changed. And so this is why the word is so relevant and has power. And that's Psalm 138.2. This might be the shortest sermon you ever heard in your life. (laughs) This is out of um, the Passion Translation too. I bow down before your divine presence and bring you my deepest worship as I experience your tender love and your living truth. For your word and the fame of your name have been magnified above all else. And that's what the Lord says. His word and and his name are magnified above all else. He places places the power of it above all else. So God backs up his word is basically what it's saying. So we have the word of our testimony, and actually, I'm going to read some scriptures, and you could actually go through and kind of stylize your own testimony as you're standing on the word, things that are relevant to you. You can find a, a lot of scripture in here that, you know, that you um, uh, can say, this is my own personal testimony. I'm going to stand on these words, okay? So we're going to consider what the word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. And I have Ephesians 1.7. And it tells us that um, 
We have two things that we were in Christ. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the richness of his grace. So here we see that inside Christ we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. Redemption means bought back by a ransom price that had to be paid. And it kind of can take that back to, you know, uh, the Passover in Egypt. They had to go inside their homes. They had to stay inside their homes. And that's where the safety and the peace and the protection was after the blood was applied to their door. They were given, you know, specific instructions to stay within their homes. So here's your testimony on the basis of Ephesians 1.7. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. And then also in that same scripture, it says, through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. And even those two are just nice to even sit and think about. It's like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. So the next one that we have is John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. One another and the blood of Jesus, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. And you're meant to walk in the light continuously. And what it says is if we walk in the light continuously, we will have fellowship continuously, and the blood will cleanse us continuously. So what does that tell you? That tells you that even though there might be things that you struggle with, there might be things that you stumble with, the blood of Jesus, you're in this continuous process. Okay, God's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. It's a continuous process as you keep walking with him and you keep walking in the light that he renews you, he brings you into um, uh, fellowship with him, and, and the issues that seem so large to you and maybe seem so big, I'm, such stumbling blocks, the Lord says, don't, don't worry about that, I've got that. It's kind of a nice thing to hear the Lord say that too, don't worry about that, I've got that. You just keep walking. You just keep walking. You keep walking. You keep lifting me up. I've got you. And I've got you, body, soul, and spirit. Okay? So it's nice. I'm glad to hear that. The cleansing of the blood of Jesus is not a single isolated experience. So what's your testimony from 1 John 1, 7? The blood of Jesus, God's son, continually cleanses me from all sin. The next scripture is Romans 5, 9. That tells us we are justified by his blood. So the word justified is not um, always understood. And it says here that just just and righteous are interchangeable terms, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, in the Old Testament and in the New. So to to mean justified means to be made righteous. And so what is it to be made righteous? Using righteousness and justification interchangeably, it says to be justified is to be just as if I never sinned. When I am made righteous with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, it is though I have never sinned. I went back to God. That's the way God sees you. And what does that give you, though? It's like, you know what? You're my kid. You, you can come right into my presence. There's confidence. Approach me with confidence. This is what my, I want my children to do. I want you to approach the throne of grace with confidence because I've got you. So here's your testimony from that scripture which is Romans 5, 9. And it says, Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, made righteous, just as if I never sinned. We thank you, Lord, for that one. And being set apart. 
So in Hebrews 13, 12, it tells us that through the blood of Jesus, we are sanctified. That he, Jesus, might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. The word sanctify is similar in form to the word justify. The sanctify means to make saintly or holy. So the word who is made holy is set apart unto God. And in some ways, you know, um, it's kind of a special thing. It's like, you know, God knows who I am. He knows who I am. And those are, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll just speak for myself. That's a lot of times that's something I have to keep reminding myself. I always, when I remind myself of it, I'm always still in awe of that, that the God of creation knows who I am. He knows who I am. So what does that also mean? Does he know my life? Does he know the road I've taken? Does he know the things I've been through? Does he, does he, does he, does he? And it's like, yes, he does. He knows every step you've taken. And the days of your life have been in his hands right from the start. And, you know, and you can just stand there. I, at least I, I can. I'm just like, whoa, that just, just in awe. That in awe. It brings it down. It brings it, makes it smaller. It, especially when you feel as if you're struggling or if you're, you know, um, trying to find the right direction to go with the Lord, or as if you're feeling as if you've walked in, you're just feeling a little imperfect, or I I just don't have this Christian thing down, you know, like I should. But But the Lord steps back and says, you know, I know your life. I know your life. So being set apart from, uh, Hebrews 13, 12, here's our testimony. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, and set apart to God. Okay. And so our next scripture is in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And that is that we're bought with a price. And here it is. So if you, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. The price is the precious blood of Jesus. Therefore, because of the price that has been paid to buy you, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, and I think in this, um, in this day and age when you talk about being bought, you know, uh, and, and freedom, and I just want to throw this in because I don't think that means that God owns you. Uh, I think it means that, that um, he bought you with a price, but you still have free will. And this is something the Lord has really kind of brought home to me. He's like, you have so much free will, you don't even know how much free will you have in this. He's like, you make the choice. You make the choice. In fact, the Lord even told this to me one time, and I was just kind of like, whoa, I don't really know why he felt like he had to say that to me, Lord. But he said, I'll never make you do anything that you don't want to do. He's like, you get to choose. So you get to choose where you're going to be. You get to choose how close you want to walk to me. I bought you with a price, but you still have your will, and I won't cross it. I will let you choose everything that comes your way, every, every choice that you make to get closer to me. And, and I really, so when I, when I, the Lord kind of talked a bit more about me, that to me when I um, went back and questioned him about it, and he kind of explained it to me, and I think I kind of got it too because I think I am a pretty strong-willed person, knowing myself, you know. And, um, and when I really understood that, I was like, wow, you know, you really respect me too. You respect me, God. You respect me. And, and, um, and, you, and you honor me. You honor me. 
you know, and my thoughts. You want to hear my thoughts. You want to hear what I have to think about things. You want to hear my, um, uh, my opinions about things. And um, you want this dialogue with me. And it's such a, this is what the blood of Jesus has done, is bring the Lord into, with that, who walks with you. His spirit walks with you. And so you can have this dialogue with him just almost continuously, if you'd like. Driving your car, you can be talking to the Lord. Lord, you know, this, I've thought about this. this uh, what about this? What about this? What do you think? Can you give me some direction on this? What, what do I do? You know, and that's what the beautiful thing about the Lord is that he's so respectful of us. He's so respectful. He values our opinion. He wants, he wants to hear it. He wants to hear what we have to say in every situation. And I think that's the beauty of this, this beautiful dialogue between us and the Lord is that um, uh, another part of it, just his goodness to us, is like, I respect you, but, and I won't cross your boundaries. And I think that that, I actually feel like I need to tell people that. It's like, you need to understand that about the Lord. He's so respectful. He will not cross your boundaries. You get to choose. Every step you make, you get to choose. I love that about God. It meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me. Okay. So this is our testimony from 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. It says, My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which has been redeemed, cleansed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, Satan has no place in me and no power over me through the blood of Jesus. And I think that also can apply to your spirit and your soul. Redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified. And what are you redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified for? For a relationship. Relationship as you walk this earth. Relationship as you, um, um, your unique experiences through life. And this is what I think is just so, another aspect that's so wonderful about the Lord is your unique experiences through life. How you have your emotions over a situation, your feelings about a situation. And there are many of us have gone through some of the similar situations in our life. But what God loves is that it's so uniquely yours. It's so uniquely yours, how you experienced it. And he wants to be there with you in that. He wants to bring the healing to that situation if it was, a, you know, if it was negative. I mean, um, or he wants to uh, further enhance if it was positive. You know, a, a deeper walk with him, you know, closer walk with him. And um, I just love that about that. He's got us covered like body, soul, and spirit. And it's all been through his blood in his body, which he freely gave. So here's our, our, our scriptures here. And here I'm going to just paraphrase and give you them one more time. And you can confess this. You can, like I said, you can come up with your own confession. But when I read this, I was like, wow, you know, I really like these scriptures. In fact, I even photocopied this and just kind of stuck it around where I could see it all the time and just think about it constantly. But in Ephesians 1, 7, through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. And also Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 7. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. 1 John 1, 7. The blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses me continually from all sin. Still like that one. Ongoing. Thank you, Lord. Romans 5, 9. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, made righteous, just as if I'd never sinned. Hebrews 13, 12. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, and set apart unto God. And I still take that one as a God, you know who I am. I'm set apart unto you, and you know who I am. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. 
It says, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, Satan has no place in me, no power over me through his blood, through the blood of Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. So in conclusion, I'm going to drop the title on you one more time. So if there's nothing else that you think of this afternoon, just kind of think of this and walk around giggling. The blood of Jesus, God's atomic bomb. Love it. Still love it. Still love it. Drop it on me, Lord. Drop it on me. Yeah. Anyway, keep your hyssop in your hand. Take the word of God. That's your, that's your, that's your hyssop, the word of God. And you're testifying about what the blood of Jesus does in your life. And also I'm bringing in, I'm going to throw this in about communion. When you do communion, you're remembering the effect of his blood and his body. Remembering it upon your life, what you've already experienced in him as you've walked with him. For change, protection, healing, renewal, deliverance, just living this overcoming life. And another thing, we, you know, we get this beautiful positive affirmation from God. He just constantly, just positive affirmation, I'm for you. I am for you. I've set it up. You, all you have to do is choose to walk in it. I'm here. I'm going to guarantee your success You know, in this walk with me. It's already been set up. You're, you're good to go. I've set you up to succeed. We have a God who loves us. And then I want to just close with Ephesians 2.10. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, well, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org. Thank you.